Hi, this is Dr. Rahman, and welcome to Black Women's Health. It's all about you, and we celebrate the Black woman. Welcome. I am glad to have you here. Let's talk. Welcome. I have a very special guest with me today, and his name is Sterling. I should share the story that I met Sterling in a very interesting way. A patient um, said to me, I have a friend. I have a friend that has a problem and the friend is trans male, transgender male. Would you be able to see my friend? And I said yes, and that was my introduction to Sterling. Welcome, Sterling. Hello. Sterling has been kind enough to say that he is willing to share his experience of being a transgender male. And all of this is a bit confusing to a lot of people, so I'm going to just kind of take the time to kind of lay out my understanding, Mm -hmm. and then you can correct me or enhance my understanding by whatever you care to say. So we have what we call our genetic sex, and that's determined by whether, by our chromosomes, whether we're XX or XY. XX is a female, XY is a male. Then we have sex that's uh, assigned to us when we're born. You know, the OB looks between the legs and says, congratulations, you have a boy or you have a girl. Then there's our sexual identity, and that's how we see ourselves. Do we see ourselves as a female or male? And then there's sexual attraction. Are we attracted to females or are we attracted to males? So this whole sexual identity and understanding sexuality can be a bit confusing. And when you say someone's a transgender male, this is a person that was born with XX chromosomes. And when the doctor delivered the baby, the doctor said, this is a baby girl, but has decided that they're not really female, that they're male. Yes. So how did that happen? When did you decide or when did you come to the conclusion, or how did you come to the conclusion that you're really male? Um, I, I think that when you're younger, you don't really have those words to say, like, um, a trans male or trans female, or some people identify as gender non-conforming, so they feel like they're, they're neither or both. Um, but ever since I was little, um, I, like, played with male-assigned toys and hung out with all boys and more, like, more masculine clothing and it's something that my mother allowed even though uh she'll deny now (laughs) that she (laughs) she knew the entire time um and I didn't actually transition until I moved away from home at 29 and I get my top surgery which is the removal of uh, female breast tissue um to make it more masculine your chest more masculine um and then I started taking testosterone a year after that 
So it hasn't been it hasn't been a long time since I've transitioned. Some people transition much earlier, but I do remember ever since I was little, like being attracted to women, for example, uh, like Lisa Bonet. I wanted to marry her when I was five, mm-hmm. and the men that like other women thought were attractive, I wanted to look like them because I wanted women to like me in the Got same you. way they liked them. Got and that was ever since I was very small. How did you know that you weren't homosexual, a lesbian, versus a, a male? I think that for me and for like a lot of trans guys, that's the first step is identifying as a lesbian. Because at first, like surgeries and hormones weren't as readily available. Like It's like rapidly changing now that you can get those things in a lot of the states, especially bigger cities. Like I'm from Chicago, I lived in San Francisco and even Philadelphia has like trans clinics. Um, so first you identify as lesbian, but you still, it's, I guess it's mental. Like you, in mm. your mind, you feel different. Uh, mm. You become uncomfortable with like someone like using female pronouns with you or, I don't know, I feel like once I left Chicago and moved to California, where healthcare is more comprehensive, I saw that I could transition, and then it kind of hit me at that point. Like, did I not, before that I kind of felt like I was gender nonconforming. I didn't really feel like a woman or a man. Uh, and then once I saw the possibilities that I could transition, uh, that's when that's when I kind of went for it and started to slowly and gradually transition. And then it's always like the fear of your for me, your family rejecting you. So my mom yes. is really religious. So that's something that even if like unconsciously or subconsciously, I knew it's something that I was probably repressing until I was away from her. So you left home in order to be your authentic self? Yes. And have you gone back home as you? Oh uh, yeah, I went back home. I, I got the top surgery and I didn't tell my family about it. And I went back, and my mom was kind of looking at me strangely. And after I left, it was for Christmas. She's like, I know you. I gave birth to you. Like, something mm. was different. Mm. And I told her, and she was she was pretty upset. She's like, for you to disclude me from that decision, like, in case something uh, um, bad happened during yes. the surgery. But also, even after telling her I get top surgery, she put that into, like, her own narrative and told herself I got top surgery because my sister had breast cancer mm-hmm. instead of accepting the mm-hmm. reason why I got top surgery. So it's just been an, up until more recently that she, we just don't discuss it. What name does she call you? She still calls me my the name she gave me. Your birth name. My birth name, yes. So she's still missing her daughter. Yes, yes. And it's it's understandable because someone has called you something your whole entire life that changes it's hard but it's different when people try so my sister for example he doesn't necessarily agree but she tries to make the change yes or when you like friends i grew up with they may might make a mistake um but when you you make the attempt to try is when i know you you you're accepting me for who i am as opposed to just i'm not even going to try i'm just going to call you what i named you or what you were named because that's what i want to do you know and it's become confusion because confusing because there's like younger children in the family. So they see me now, I've never met them, and you're calling me her and she, and I have a mustache and I have a deep voice, you know. 
they're really, it confuses them. <laughs> I have to tell you, one of the things I admire about you is that I know in your situation, being true to yourself was hard. Yeah, you had to, um, you had to kind of go against the grain in order to be you. Yeah, and that's and a lot of people don't always do that. So, um, so you deliberately left home when you felt like you were in search of yourself. Um, no, I left home for other reasons. I was dating someone, and she got a job in California. Um, and she happened to get a job at a clinic that specialized in, um, like, hormone therapy for trans people. Um, and I ended up becoming friends with someone she worked with. And mm-hmm. he, he's a trans man. And uh, he and one of the doctors who he worked with is also a trans man. They have a lot to do with why California healthcare is so comprehensive and it covers mm. most trans surgery, like even facial hair removal for uh, trans women, mm-hmm. things like that. And he just told me how easy it is to to access that care. And that's it's when easy I started. to get health insurance for um, that type of care? Most of the insurance in California covers it. So really? you just, like Kaiser is like one of those closed networks. So yes. if you tell your primary care, I'm interested in transitioning, they give you a referral to the trans clinic in Kaiser. You go there, then they refer you right to surgery. And it, it all happened within three months. So they don't require you to see a psychiatrist or or you do, do any yeah. that's so, part of the evaluation. So that's the first thing. Yeah, you tell someone you see that person, you talk to them for two hours or so and then you they basically, you know And what are they trying to ascertain? Um, mostly it's if you have support. So it's not necessarily to tell you are you sure you're trans because they know most people know that. Um right. They just want to make sure that once you start to transition, you're safe. You're not like living at home with a parent that's going to be abusive or mm. a partner who's going to leave you. Mm-hmm. Um, if you are suicidal, you have suicidal ideation. Uh, if you have a job, like those are the kinds of things. If you're going to be able to afford the tra- transition in and hormones. And then, of course, they're checking to make sure that it's something that you want to do. And usually the breast surgery is the first step, um, even before hormones? Um, it, some people take hormones first. Um, back in the day, they used to make you live and go by your chosen name for a year and then mm-hmm. live as the gender that you're transitioning into to make sure that you were sure. This is before this is anything like, physical changes. Yeah, yeah. so that so was that's maybe, really hard. I guess, 10 years ago. So you're still walking around with breasts yeah. and hair and everything, yeah. and but and you're, you have but you're calling yourself. Gender. Yeah. Sterling. Exactly. Exactly. So how do people react to you? I mean, that seems very bizarre. Yeah. I think it's much easier for trans men to sort of like pass. Because like I used to bind bind my breasts with like an ace wrap. So that it appeared flat. I've always had a deeper voice. So it was easier for me to pass. Rather than like a trans woman who's already like hit puberty. Right. as As a male, quote unquote male. And has a deep voice and facial hair. To walk around and try to, you know, without any hormones to help, like, that feminization process. Hmm. So they did, they changed that, and it's it's much easier. Some states, I'm sure, aren't as, like, comprehensive as, like, a, a liberal state like California. But um, I guess it was to make sure. But even, like, statistics show, like, I think there's 1.2 million 
undocumented trans people in the U.S. Mm-hmm. and maybe a handful of people decide to uh, go back after they have surgery or like stop taking hormones. And sometimes it's for health reasons, but mm-hmm. rarely is it because they think they made a mistake. So one day you come to work and you're she, and then the next day you go to work and you say, call me Sterling? Yeah, so that's the other thing. I felt like it was an easier transition in California because that is the culture there. You know, San Francisco is, <laughs> you know, it's almost like the gay capital of the United States. There's rainbow flags everywhere. The Every healthcare system has some sort of like LGBTQ plus like, uh, like building that takes care of those services. Um, so I basically just I emailed everybody. And I'd already got this my top surgery, and I told you had your top surgery. I had top surgery in California. In California, so I get that done. To first. be clear, that's removal of breast tissue, breast tissue. only. Yeah. Only, yeah. Okay. And I uh, get that done, and I didn't really tell everybody why I got it done. I'm 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 assuming they they knew, <laughs> and then maybe like. A month later, I just sent out an email to... I worked at a healthcare clinic also. Uh, so maybe people who work in healthcare are also more open-minded because you see a large population of people. The demographic is more vast. So we take care of trans patients. Uh, I emailed them, and I told them that I was changing my name. And the reception was great, like, immediately. And this is why I also know it. It is easy for people, no matter how long they've known you, to switch pronouns and to switch the name because immediately everybody oh, you saw did. it happen immediately yeah like yeah. there was there was no one that accidentally called me by my birth name uh sometimes like pronouns are are, are difficult but it like changed instantly hmm. and uh so this is another question men can sometimes develop breast cancer because they have breast tissue mm-hmm. is it your understanding that there's no possibility for you to develop breast cancer? Oh, or or uh, do you... Uh, no, let me say that differently. Is it your understanding that all of your breast tissue has been removed? I, I don't think it is. Um, I think that the possibility to get breast cancer is still there. Because like you said, even... Uh, like, I guess, genetic males or XY males can get breast cancer. Uh, the rates are low, but I'm assuming that someone who has XX chromosomes and even still has a lot of estrogen if they haven't had the hysterectomy, Mm -hmm. can get breast cancer. But since it's such a new field of study, there hasn't been like a lot of research done. People are kind of just now starting to transition, like greater numbers. Right. I'm wondering if your surgeon said, you know, you still need to get a mammogram. I I believe they usually tell trans men that when you come to that age, something will be figured out by that time. Oh, interesting. Yeah, but there is breast tissue because, like, no, like, male is totally flat-chested. So they try to make it look like, obviously, like, your contour, like, a male body. Like most, So there's plastic surgery also involved? Well, they leave some of the tissue. So it's oh, kind of so like forming, like, like a, a, a chest. Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah, they're not going to take everything out, like, like a breast cancer place, you would also And you get... still have nipples and everything yeah. else. Yes, so. yeah. And lymph nodes and everything is still there. So the possibility of, like, breast cancer for trans men, especially for people with, like, a familial history, 
Uh, and that's also the issue why, like, if it's something that's kept in the dark mm-hmm. and we don't talk about it mm-hmm. and people feel ashamed to get mm-hmm. services or they mm-hmm. don't feel comfortable mm-hmm. going to places, like, to get a mammogram, mm-hmm. uh, like a person with a full beard going and getting a mammogram, it, it feels like people have to make you feel comfortable because it's like your, your health and safety. Well, that's, 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 I mean, that's what you were saying. In California, there were enough people who had transitioned, who understood the lifestyle, that it wasn't, I'm sure it was difficult, but it wasn't as hard as it could have been. Yes. Yeah, it but then hard. you moved. Yeah, to Philadelphia. <laughs> and in general, the climate is not as accepting, or you, you have noticed a difference or haven't noticed a difference in terms of acceptance? Um... Since I, I came here and I was already already had the top surgery, I already have been on hormones for about two and a half to three years, most people didn't know. Mm-hmm. And it's not a secret. It's not like, mm-hmm. oh, it's something. I don't identify as like a man. I'm not trying to necessarily pass. I identify as a trans man, which I feel, some people don't feel like it's different. I feel like. You think it's different? I feel like personally I have a different narrative than someone who was born male assigned male at birth you, you know could, if you could explain so, that a um, little bit more yeah i know like a lot of trans people they want to pass they want to they want to be seen they as want a to male. be seen as, as a an male. xy I'm male a man, yeah. yes and trans women want to be seen i'm a woman which is fine because that's their gender identity and i identify as a trans male because in my mind my history and narrative is different so mm-hmm. I didn't have like a male puberty uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I grew up without male privilege mm-hmm. like those are all things oh, that that's play a big part just like many like trans women grew up with male privilege oh, so like their scope of view that. yeah their scope of view on the world might be different uh, okay so you've been female you've been male yes is there male privilege yeah, there's even just masculine privilege. So even when I was like a masculine female, I felt like I, like in the queer scene or lesbian scene, had more privilege or people listened to me or took me more seriously because I was masculine. So just being a masculine woman in that scene, maybe not like in the regular world with like, you know, people who are heterosexual, but in like the queer world, being a masculine person, you have more privilege. People listen to you more. So then moving into being seen as a, like a genetic male or just as a uh, as male by the world, like I don't have to worry walking down the street at night if somebody is going to try to sexually assault me. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I speak, people listen. Um, and that wasn't as true or you didn't feel that to be as true when you were a female. No. And especially, like, with, obviously, sexual harassment. Mm-hmm. That's something as, like, being viewed as a woman, uh, mm. sexual harassment was there. Even as, like, a masculine woman, people would still sexually harass me and comment on my body and things like that. Dressed like a man. <laughs> Dressed in masculine clothes, men are still, still commenting. Yeah. And that obviously doesn't happen anymore unless, you know... I mean, males get sexually assaulted, too, and harassed, but it's different. Um... Well, this brings up an interesting topic because you're also African American. Yeah, so that's the that's like the crossroad is I have male privilege but, but I'm you're a black, black man. man. <laughs> yeah. 
So then, like, I'm not afraid of being sexually assaulted, but I could be afraid of being shot by the police now. <laughs> you know, so... That is not funny. It's like... That is... That is <laughs> yeah, it's something that, that, that I was... That is the times we live in, but that is not funny <laughs> I was going to, like, write a blog about that. It's like taking, like, a step into privilege, but then, like, also a step back. So it's like, it's hard to navigate. And then a lot of the privilege that people might think that they have when they transition also might come with having more confidence. So maybe you didn't speak up as much when you were, like, when you didn't feel comfortable in your own body. Mm -hmm. Um, And now you speak up more. Mm -hmm. Or you felt like because you were uh, assigned female at birth that people weren't going to listen to you, so you kept quiet. Mm -hmm. And now you are taking that privilege and speaking out more often. So it's really, it's hard to to figure out what it is. It's probably a mix of all those things. So, um, can we talk about dating? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. All right, so now you, you've seen the perspective of being the female and being approached by a male, and now you're a male mm-hmm. approaching females. Yeah. Any comments about that in general? Yeah, I, I do not approach women. <laughs> so it's, it's really hard. It's really difficult to date, first of all, because... It's hard to think that anybody is going to want to date you as a trans male. So, um, generally I'm attracted to, um, so more clarification of like terminology is like a trans male or female versus a cis man or woman. And a cis man and a cis woman are people who are comfortable with what they were assigned to. Right. I was assigned a female. I feel a fee. I feel as though I'm a female Mm -hmm. and I act like I'm a female. Yes. Okay. Yes. So I date cis women or women who were assigned women at birth and felt comfortable with that versus like I've never dated a trans woman. I don't date men and I don't date trans men. <laughs> uh, so if this is too personal, just <laughs> tell me to keep going. Okay. At what point do you um, start talking about this is who I am? And, and in general, is the reception... Good. I, everyone who knows me personally knows right off the, not off the, I eventually tell them if they don't know. And I've been surprised that some people don't know and I've known them for months because I still don't know if I fully pass Mm. (laughs) or I think everybody talks and gossips. So everybody Mm -hmm. at work already knows. And then Mm -hmm. like, I've known someone for eight months and they're like, I didn't know you were trans. Uh, But if it's like a dating scenario, it's something that I tell people immediately. Immediately. That's the first like, thing. Hi, like, hi, my name is, like, uh, and I am. <laughs> well, I don't, I don't approach people like that. So if I'm on a dating app, it's in the app that I'm okay. a trans male. Okay. So you shouldn't click on on my icon right. if you don't want right. that. Right. Um, and then everyone else like that I would be around. Like I don't approach women in bars. I don't meet people like that. Uh, generally. But you find that there are cis females who are attracted to trans I'm, I'm getting all my yeah. words confused <laughs> but let me a woman who feels as though she's a woman you have found that there are women that are attracted to you yes yes and it's hard because i feel like some women they might be attracted initially and then if they find out or if i tell them i'm trans then that scares them because they don't know what they are they think, am I a lesbian? Yes. You know, how do I identify yes. now? 
And then there's like dating queer or lesbian women. They sometimes want someone who's like more feminine who identifies as a woman, not someone who is is a male, you know, with facial hair and a deep voice. And sometimes their identity is really important, so they want to go in public and have people know they're a lesbian mm-hmm. and no one that they identify as that. But if they're with me, I, it just looks like we're a heterosexual, you know, uh, cisgender couple. Um, and like the woman I'm dating now, she's never dated. She's never like dated women. She's never dated trans men. She's only dated cis males. Mm-hmm. But she said that she knew immediately I was trans, but she was attracted to me. All right. This is the last question in this line. <laughs> Without going into too much detail, the two of you are able to satisfy each other sexually. Yes. Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. Okay. So tell me about the hormones. Um, the hormones will be needed the rest of your life. Yes. Are they pills? Are there injections? Are there multiple medications that you need to take? Um, I take uh, an intramuscular injection of testosterone. And that's weekly. Some people take it less often. Um, some people take a higher dose. It just depends on how your body responds to it and then the effect that you want. And the dosage doesn't necessarily mean you're going to... Like a higher dosage doesn't mean you're going to immediately... Get a deeper voice. Right. Because your body's going to interact with that uh, medication and do what it will, do what it is going to do. And then you get your labs taken usually every like three months to six months to make sure your testosterone levels are within like a normal range. So testosterone is the only medication you have to take? Yes, yeah. And it comes in a gel form, like a topical lotion or gel or an intramuscular injection. But most insurances don't cover the gel. Hmm. (laughs) And also with the gel, it can transfer to people you touch. So if you have a partner Uh and you're touching them, that gel can transfer to them. And you inject yourself? I inject myself, yes. Are there any health risks that you are now at an increased risk for as a result of taking the testosterone? Um, Usually things that affect uh, males, so um, heart disease, high cholesterol. And that's why you you continue to go to get your CBC and your CMP to make sure that uh, those numbers or ratios are in line. So, yeah, it mostly is just an increase for heart disease. Okay. And I'm not sure why that is. All right. So, um, you mentioned that you had the breast surgery, but you didn't have any pelvic surgery. No, not yet. Is that typical or is there a typical? Um, for, like, to have a male phallus? Well, well so, I would think that, um, oh, I didn't even think about this. As a result of getting the testosterone, your period stops? Yes, it stops. Okay, and but you still have a uterus. Yes. And ovaries and fallopian tubes. Yeah. And is the thought that you should remove it or that's just a purely individual? Is the recommendation that they should be removed or is it just individual decision? Um, that's individual decision. I think that some people keep it in case they want to have like a future partner or if they want to carry a child themselves Mm -hmm. in the future. Mm -hmm. Um, And then some people, I I think they just want the outside to look masculine. 
So instead of like putting yourself through another surgery and putting yourself at risk, mm-hmm. they choose not to get a hysterectomy because the menstrual cycle stops. So if it's not if it's not bothering you, mm-hmm. then why take it out? Um, I have heard so no research, PMS, no none of that, none of yeah. that no dismiss, <laughs> no cramps yeah. and all that. Okay, yeah. that that stops. That stops. Does yeah. that stop? almost immediately once you start getting the testosterone or is it a gradual for some people it stops pretty quickly for me it took almost six months Mm -hmm. but i was also on a lower dose of testosterone Mm -hmm. so it might be dependent upon the dosage that you're taking also Mm -hmm. so this is this is how we meet yes this is how we meet (laughs) because um you still have your internal female organs But as is common with XX females, black females, Mm -hmm. there's a higher risk of fibroids. And now you find that you have fibroids. Yes, yes. And that's when I, uh, I I knew that I had to follow up with it. And I followed up with my primary care because while I was in California, my primary care was a part of the trans clinic. And that person diagnosed me with fibroids but I moved before I could get an ultrasound so when I came here my primary care uh, she doesn't seem comfortable Mm. working with a trans patient so she isn't doing like a physical exam she isn't suggesting I get ultrasound like these are things I had to go into the office and request Mm. instead of her suggesting Uh, she diagnosed the mass in my abdomen as gas from February 2019 up until my last visit with her August when she diagnosed it with gas, as gas again even though it's in the same spot and gradually getting bigger um, which is why I spoke to my co-worker about it and my co-worker told me about you. So is it usually difficult for to find healthcare providers that say no problem. I don't have a problem with you being a trans male or a trans female. Is it harder for a trans male? Do you know that um, type of information? Or is there a community? I guess that's the I other thing. I feel like in most places there's like a community. So here there's Mazzoni Center. But in most in most big cities have like an LGBTQ plus center. Um, but a lot of those places focus on gay male health. So they mm-hmm. focus on HIV and AIDS treatment, STD treatment, or STI treatment. Um, and then they'll have a trans clinic, which is generally overrun. The, the doctor's panels are too full mm-hmm. to see more patients. Mm-hmm. And that's what happened at Mazzoni. I tried to get into Mazzoni, and the appointment was three to five months out. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, then they usually have resources where they'll list trans-friendly offices mm-hmm. because they know they can't they're at capacity and this is why I chose the office I went to right. to see my primary and I got bumped off the person's panel that I initially signed up for do you think there's a different experience for african-american or non-white trans in general or you think it's pretty much the same experience or how would you know yeah it's hard to I think tell because I think a lot of trans people I guess I'm asking, is there racism in the trans world? Of course, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Of course. I I think that white people in general feel more entitled uh, and comfortable going into places and demanding things. Mm. And 
people are used to catering to them, mm-hmm. no matter what package they're in, <laughs> mm-hmm. right? Uh, which is why like black trans women have a really high rate of homicide, mm-hmm. probably one of the highest in the country, because mm-hmm. um, they're seen as disposable. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, our own community doesn't accept them, and the other communities already didn't accept them. And then, you know, once you're pushed out of your own community, um, it goes downhill from there. So there's definitely racism. Uh, but as far as, like, getting care, a lot of it might be, like, psychological. I don't feel comfortable. They aren't going to accept me, so I'm mm-hmm. just not going to look for it. Mm-hmm. And that's probably across the board. But mm-hmm. in general, white people might feel more comfortable demanding what they need. Versus me as like a black man, I can't go somewhere and start yelling at somebody mm-hmm. to give me a service because mm-hmm. it's just gonna, that's not, it won't turn out very well. Okay, so I mean, we're gonna start wrapping this up, but do you think there are any misconceptions or fallacies or, or, or myths that you need to just debunk about being trans male or? Um, I think the big thing is just gender in general or and like biological or genetic sex in general is that people have made it they've kind of like dumbed it down to like I'd say like XX and XY when like intersex people for example are uh, a part of the population too and intersex people are as common as redhead people in the population but since people are so used to just it being black and white, male and female, and then assigning gender and gender roles to that male and female category, all the people in the middle get erased. But there's a lot of people in the middle. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of people in the middle of those two categories who you probably know, who mm-hmm. won't come out, who won't mm-hmm. feel comfortable dressing how they are or presenting mm-hmm. how they are because it's just not accepted in society. Speaking about being accepted, um, I don't know if you've had any interaction with the church or religion or do you feel accepted as you are? Uh, My question may not be clear, (laughs) but the the African-American church has kind of been, in general, um, opposed to homosexuality. Now, you're not a homosexual, mm-hmm. but you've done that kind of yeah. strange thing, yeah. you know? Yeah. Have you had the experience of the church experience or had a positive or a negative experience? Um, I mean, I just stay far away from the church because because my mom is so religious and she's like the epitome of how black people kind of interpret the Bible literally until it comes to their own transgressions so it's you know homosexuals and like trans individuals are were visible so it's something that someone can point to and say like you're gay and that's wrong you're gonna go to hell versus like the cheater the person who's mm-hmm. stealing money mm-hmm. like the glutton like mm-hmm. capitalism all these things mm-hmm. that are terrible mm-hmm. that the black church is is okay with like not taking care of your children like cheating on mm-hmm. your wife like all mm-hmm. those things like we don't really talk about those in the black church but it's really easy to attack homosexuals or trans individuals um and have you felt visible... the attack 
No, because I don't put myself in that situation. I would never. You anticipate that you would be. No, I would Mm. never. But it's because like the things that, like my mom has calmed down a lot now, but at first, like just even coming out as like a lesbian, and like for example, my nephew is he's gay. Uh, like what we hear from the family is like we're going to hell and all these things, uh, and we know differently. We know that Mm -hmm. God is not like Mm -hmm. that and God is about love and acceptance so it's like I'm not going to step foot into like a place or put myself in a place where I have to debate hypocrisy and like like the Bible (laughs) you know Mm -hmm. so it's like a source of trauma I felt like for a lot of like queer black people and trans black people and some of them are still in there like a lot of (laughs) males in the church and the Mm -hmm. choir are gay males Mm -hmm. which is really interesting Mm -hmm. because they're right there and just total denial yeah. just denial yeah. you know what is it don't ask don't tell don't tell don't yes. ask something like that yes alright so do you feel free I do feel free I do free. yeah I really do good uh, for you actually more, more people I feel like I feel like if more people had like the foundation of you feeling like free and safe and having highest self-esteem starts at home. So if people accepted their children, it doesn't matter what the world says to you when you go outside, because mm-hmm. you already know you have that support and that foundation at home. Mm-hmm. So when you go outside, it doesn't matter if people disagree with what you are, because people have already like instilled love into mm-hmm. you. Um, but also, like when I move around the world, like people are accepting of me like everywhere I work like I get along with people like no one's ever said anything to my face that was Mm -hmm. like transphobic or not accepting of who I was Mm -hmm. and it might be because of my personality or who I am but I haven't felt like any hate towards me because of that because I'm trans so it's it's great (laughs) thank you thank you you've been very open and very honest and I truly appreciate it. You're welcome. welcome. All right. You did it. Good for you. So how do you feel? I feel good. So this is Dr. Ramon saying it's been a pleasure speaking to you and I look forward to talking with you real soon. Until then, be well, be healthy, and enjoy life.